Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the August 21st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, a deeper dive into the preseason blowout at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens, the 31-7 defeat at home against the Ravens, and discussing which positions are solidified and which are a concern as we head into the third and technically final preseason game since Week 4 is more of a scrimmage than anything else. All of that and more on today's episode, but first let's hear a word from our sponsor. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. All right, before we get into the meat of the episode, I have to remind you guys once again to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Drop me a five-star rating, write me a nice review, that's how I'm judged by my employer, so it really helps me out. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and the Locked On Heat podcast for your national and local coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter, at WingfieldNFL. Check out my personal website, grading quarterbacks across the NFL and college football, 3rdand10.com. Right now, I've got the Week 2 recap up and ready to go, and you guys can check that out whenever. Okay, let's get into Thursday's game against the Ravens, where the Dolphins were beat brutally 31-7, to mostly occurring within the backups on both teams. You know, the starters only saw a couple of series. The, the Ravens quarterback, Joe Flacco, didn't even play in the game. Ryan Mallett was pretty sloppy. So the Dolphins' first-team defense actually handled business quite well. And once again, I was impressed with Devon Godshow up front and Dama Sue just really getting good penetration and moving guys off the line of scrimmage. Godshow had a couple of snaps where he got blown back a little bit, but I thought for the most part it was another good game. So that was where I really wanted to start with on this one. And then move back into the linebackers, and it wasn't quite as good. Kiko and, and Timmons didn't really have much of a showing. They were out pretty quickly, but... The linebackers that we're going to be trusting, I suppose, to fill in that middle linebacker role that is now vacant due to Rayquad McMillan's torn ACL, as well as some of the other guys that are going to be getting snaps in case of an injury, which is probably going to happen at some point. I mean, Alonzo is pretty fragile, I guess, if you will, in terms of playing all, all 16 games throughout the season. And then that middle linebacker spot. It just has the makings of a revolving door, so we'll see what happens there. The team did sign Ray Malaluga to get to the news of the episode here to play middle linebacker, and you get the feeling that he's 
going to start a middle linebacker, but he's going to be more of a 30, 35% snaps type of guy. And really his last couple of years in Cincinnati, he's not much more than a guy that can take on a fullback or play within the two B gaps, which is right outside the guards and kind of play downhill in that area. He's not going to chase sideline to sideline. He's not going to cover well, although he does get a pick every single year, it seems like, for the last seven years or so with the Bengals. But he offers a little bit more stability and and makes the team a little bit deeper because you're not going to be relying on Mike Hole or Deion Lacey to be starting or getting significant reps right now with another one of those guys being the primary backup. So it just makes the team a little bit deeper and a little bit better at linebacker, even though he's not a special player by any means. Moving back to the secondary from the game, I thought a couple of guys on the back end of the roster had really good games. A.J. Hendy, I mentioned him last time. He had a really good preseason last year and was with the practice squad in 2016. I thought he was going to get a crack at coming up to the active roster with all the injuries the Dolphins had at safety with Rashad Jones and Issa abdul Kadus going down and the poor play of Bakari Rambo as well as Michael Thomas. But he never made it up, but he is playing well again this August. And another guy, number two, which is weird to see for a safety, Maurice Smith has been playing out of his mind in the preseason so far. Wouldn't mind seeing both those guys get second team reps, maybe even challenge for that first spot alongside Rashad Jones as Nate Allen continues to nurse an injury and TJ McDonald, as we all know, going to miss the first eight games of the season due to suspension. So some open opportunity there for some of those guys. If Nate Allen can't get back, wouldn't mind seeing them jump into the lineup and and get some time there as well. Cornerbacks is another spot where I thought the Dolphins had some ups and downs. Obviously, the Xavier Howard pick was a great, fantastic play. He bumped the guy at the line of scrimmage, ran down the sideline with him hip for hip, and then reached out and made the catch. And then Cordrea Tankersley had the interception where he played the ball very well off a poorly located pass from Ryan Mallett. He took it off the receiver's hip. So good play by his by uh, Tankersley as well as Howard on those two interceptions. Offensively, you have the same concerns with the offensive line. We know what that is. I mean, Craig Urbick's not, not getting it done right now. Other options there. Jesse Davis, they seem really hell-bent on getting him into the lineup. So really strange rotation there. I'm not really sure what their plan is going to be. Isaac Asiata had an up-and-down game. He had a really nice block on the touchdown run by Sonoris Perry, who also had a good game as well. It doesn't really seem like there's much hope for reinforcements to come along and save this group because it's so thin and it's not producing right now, at least in the preseason and you just get the sense that it's not going to happen during the regular season. So some worries there. We don't really got to get into the rest of the roster. Some guys made some plays on offense, but I wanted to get now into the main part of this episode. We already just discussed the game on Friday's episode, and without film, there's not really much of an opportunity for me to get a better look at it than I already did with the broadcast version. I rewatched the game, but, I mean, it's, it's a pretty crappy performance, all, all things said and done. And yeah, I mentioned the linebackers had a bad game. The safeties and corners struggled at times. And uh, the offensive line really, really, really struggled. And then the two quarterbacks, I mean, Brandon Dowdy and David Fells, those guys are not NFL arms. They're not going to be on this team. So tough to evaluate the offense when you're rolling out there with those guys. Matt Moore had a really brief stint as well as Jay Cutler. So not much of an evaluation from that standpoint. But let's move on and talk about a guy that has been a point of contention pretty much all offseason since last November. He just, he played, he completed a game. And then the following week, we, we heard that he was having those hip issues again, of course, talking about Mike Pouncey, the Dolphins center and, and, and former all pro center for the Dolphins has really fallen off a cliff in terms of his health and his play has been spotty. I mean, he's still the best lineman, interior lineman the Dolphins have by a long shot, but he's not the all pro that he was in his first couple of seasons with the Dolphins, but he, his his absence or his presence, either way, it's going to be felt big time on this team because the lack of 
experience at guards and a lack of talent at the guard positions is really going to shine through when, when you don't have a center either. So Mike Pouncey needs to get back in there. And that leads into the positions that are set on this team. And <clears throat> frankly, center is, is one that is not at all because Jake Brendel can't do it. I don't think Anthony Steen last year couldn't do it. I, th- I think Craig Urbic has a shot at it, but he he's, he's just kind of a guy also a veteran guy there. He's probably your best bet, but that position is wide open. The offensive guard positions are wide open. Provided Pouncey doesn't get back in play center, it's wide open. So those two spots we know all too well about. And then moving on to the defense, I think that's the only spot on the offense that's really not that set. If you move over to the defense, defensive tackle, Jordan Phillips has been, I don't want to say disappointment because he's had some good plays in the preseason, but the fact that he got surpassed by a fifth-round rookie is really alarming. And then beyond that, you know, Vincent Taylor has a couple of good plays. But is the depth going to be solid? Are those guys going to be able to hold up through 16 games, getting significant reps throughout the course of the season? That's a long season for guys that are used to playing you know, 11 or 12 games throughout the season. So can they hold up? Will the depth hold up? And will that position be a strength or, or a weakness as we head into you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and late in the season when games really start to become crucial? So left guard, center, defensive tackle, all positions that have snaps up for grabs. Moving back into the defense a little further, middle linebacker, we talked about it during the, the game section of the show. Who's going to seize the snaps at middle linebacker? Will it be Deion Lacey, Mike Hole, or Ray Maluga? Those three are really competing for the right to get onto the field to stuff the run. I got to imagine Maluga is the, obviously the, the front runner right now. Even though he only got a $600,000 contract, I believe it was, probably a, a veteran minimum at that point, so... He's not really that highly regarded. Obviously, he was still a free agent with, you know, three weeks out from the regular season. So you really need someone to come in and fulfill that role and, and be a guy that can give you 30% of the snaps on a Sunday and, and play well in that spot. So definitely a big spot to look for this third game of the preseason against the Eagles on Thursday. And then moving back into the secondary, I don't think cornerback is necessarily set. It, it probably was before Tony Lippett got hurt. But when Lippett went down, you all of a sudden have a wave of guys that have an opportunity to seize that fourth job, which on a Sunday when you enter you know, game time, your fourth cornerback is not supposed to see the field at all except for on special teams. If everything goes according to plan, your one and two guys will be the perimeter guys, and then you have a slot cornerback and then maybe a backup slot that can come in and defend when teams do go four wide or even five wide. So Lippitt would have been a guy that would have only seen a very small amount of snaps you know, against five wide sets or four wide sets in certain packages if the stars were healthy. But that doesn't always happen. You know, Byron Maxwell, he gets a hangnail and he misses a game. So Xavier Howard missed, I don't know how many games, four or five, six games as a rookie last year. So you really got to have depth and you really got to have guys that can, can compete on the bench. And right now you're looking at, obviously, Byron Maxwell, Xavier Howard on the edges, Bobby McCain in the slot. And then you have a battle between Alteron Werner and Cordray at Tankersley for that fourth job, which I think is going to come down to this Thursday night's game and who plays better. I think Werner's probably ahead of him right now just because of the veteran experience and Tankersley more of a kind of red shirt type of experimental type of guy. Maybe not come on the game into the games until late in the season. But he's going to get a shot now with Tony Lippett being down and out. So, And then lastly, the guy that I was also always impressed with on special teams and the way he competes is Lafayette Pitts. I think that Lippitt going down gets him a, a job on the roster at least. So, yeah, that group is one you're going to have to look for on, on Thursday against the Eagles and really pay attention to. Even though there's plenty of positions that we have to worry about and be concerned with, it's not all doom and gloom in Miami. 
there are positions that are set. Let's go over those really quickly, and then we'll get you guys out of here and uh, get back for tomorrow's show. Looking more at the Philadelphia Eagles and what's going to happen with this team in the third week of the preseason, the final dress rehearsal here on Locked On Dolphins. So the positions that are set, quarterback, we know about that. Jay Cutler's the guy. Matt Moore's the backup. Probably going to be the only two guys on the roster. That's good. The three running backs, Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake, Damian Williams, pretty obvious there. I think Sonoris Perry might have a chance to crack the roster as the fourth running back if they decide to keep four. Wide receivers, they're going to keep six of those. I think that's pretty much a given at this point with how deep the group is. We all know about 14, 10, and 11, Landry, Stills, and Parker. And then you got Leonte Carew and Jakeem Grant. I think Leonte Carew may have cost himself potentially a spot. I, I don't think they're going to cut him, but I think he might have cost himself the fourth spot or at least opened the competition back up to some of the other guys by missing Thursday's game against the Ravens because Stringfellow had another couple of nice plays. They got Mitch Matthews out there running with the, the twos for a couple of, of series. Or was it? No, excuse me. It was Malcolm Lewis, number 18. I get Lewis and Matthews confused sometimes. But they, he was running with the twos, and he had a pretty good, decent game as well. And then you know about Drew Morgan and uh, Trey Griffey. King Griffey Jr.'s son just signed here, but I doubt he's going to have much run. But it'll be I'll be curious to see what happens to that. But that position's pretty much set. It's just kind of positioning and, and who's going to be what number on the depth chart is all you got to worry about there. Tight end, I made a big point about this on Twitter, how much I love Marquise Gray and how I really think he's the best tight end on the roster. Although right now he's ticketed to be the number three behind Julius Thomas and Anthony Fasano. Fasano, we all know what he does. He's an inline blocker, pass protector, can sneak out there and catch a couple of balls for you. Julius Thomas just doesn't do it for me. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think he's probably going to be more Jordan Cameron 2.0 than he is going to be Julius Thomas circa 2013 with the Denver Broncos. So some fluctuation there. I think at some point you'll see Marquise Gray becoming the starter there at tight end. Offensive tackle is set. We know about that. Juwan James and Laramie Tunzel. Juwan James getting pushed by Eric Smith, though, the rookie undrafted free agent who's had a good preseason so far and was also part of that touchdown run from Snorris Perry in the game against the Ravens where he moved a guy off the line of scrimmage. So good job on his part, finding work at the second level and making a play there. But that position is set. Defensive end is pretty well set. I mean, you got five guys that can really contribute right off the, right off the bat. And Cam Wake, Will Hayes, Andre Branch, Charles Harris, and even Terrence Fidey is getting in there and playing great this preseason. So good to see him him kind of popping up there in a contract year none, nonetheless. Last position that I think is set, outside linebacker. We know that Lawrence Timmons is going to play strong side. He probably kicks inside for some mic work at some point this year just because of the injury to Raekwon McMillan. And then you guys know about Kiko Alonso. So quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, offensive tackle, defensive end, outside linebacker, all set. Positions you're going to want to watch on Thursday against the Eagles and kind of keep keep an eye on through practice the rest of the training camp. Offensive guard, center, provided Mike Pouncey comes back or doesn't come back. Defensive tackle, middle linebacker, cornerback, and safety. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's show. I'm not sure what Tuesday's podcast is going to be, but we're definitely going to have, a, going to have an extended preview of the game on Thursday. It's going to be the dress rehearsal. You'll probably see Jay Cutler for the first half, I'd imagine, at least. I can't, I can't imagine they're going to want to get him out of there any sooner than that. You might see guys like Ndamukong Sue and Cam Wake get a full quarter or two quarters, but I can't imagine they're going to play much longer than that. But a lot of the younger guys you're probably going to see three quarters out of. You know, the Xavier Howards of the world, the Charles Harrises, you might get a lot of work out of him from the second, third, fourth quarter on. And just some of the guys that need to really prove themselves, Devontae Parker maybe, and guys that are younger and, and haven't quite proven themselves, but have a lot of upside. So that's always a fun game to watch. And then after that, it's the regular season, or I guess the fourth game, but I don't, I really don't even pay attention to that game too much. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a final showing for the guys that are going to get cut and see if they can put something on film for other teams around the league. But 
Yeah, we are two weeks away from um, you know having an actual NFL schedule or NFL weekend ahead of us. So look forward to that. Like I said, check out thirdand10.com. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a rating review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and check back tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.